The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports daily nfl podcast i'm will brinson uh sometimes daily i guess it's daily now it's just force of habit after five years of saying that i'm will brinson joined <laughs> by brady quinn and lazy doosable always fun to have a tuesdays with brady what's up we'll do one more time run those the one that hand through your hair buddy the majestic hair you've got it's being a little it's being a little uh extra poofy today I didn't really do anything to it other than just kind of like toss it to the side I'll do a couple of frat swoops for you during the show, though. Don't worry. You, you um, look like you could play bass in a 90s rock band with that hair. That's what uh, you look like right now. It's getting a little, a little long. Way. It's a little long. I'm going to see if I can go till the Super Bowl without getting it cut. We'll see. Oh, I've, I've, I've done some, I've done some self-trimming, which is probably a bad idea. All, all I need to do, because we actually did this before, Leger, Um, we actually had our old boss yeah. like reach out, say something to Brinson to cut his hair. And literally, he, like, he went and cut his hair because of this. I don't so, even know if we yeah, ever told dude. you that we did that, but we had port. We had Port reach out to be like, yeah, we're like, hey, man, <laughs> you need to cut your hair. And Brids was like, well, I'm so reached out. I went and got my If you let me know, it's like got the haircut the next day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't care what Brady thinks about my hair. Uh, I got somebody told me I had somebody, somebody gave me uh, said I had some Bradley Cooper vibes going recently. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> you take that. Can you hear did you uh, spit out your water there? You spit out, you spit out your I'm Irish coffee? I was holding it as best I could, man. Yeah. I mean, you literally do look more like Charlie Day than you do anything else. So, well, Just I mean, but look, that. We, I, 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 I might dress like up as Charlie Day. Ah! <laughs> 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 Brady's the one who called that first one. Let's settle down, Chris Pratt. Uh, you're going to need to, you're going to need to bulk up a little bit to get, uh, that's not to spoil Day, what, man. Oh, <laughs> day, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, man. Right, let's go. Let's go. Right. Right. Were you trying to fire some coaches, Will, or what was the what was the game we were trying to play today on the show? Oh, well, God. no. So EK came up, Eric K. Our boss came up with an idea for uh top a top like hottest hottest non coach uh, not non head coaching seats. For instance, and it actually may have stemmed from the uh the the retired Reverend Ann Brinson, my mother who uh, I've mentioned this on like several shows in a row now, but she texted me and was like, why is the Panthers head coach calling plays? Like, she's not very good at it. They were at the Panthers game on Sunday. And she was like, is that common in the NFL? Um, and, and I went through and did the math and like, depending on what you think about Jacksonville, because I think, it, I mean, don't we agree? Press Taylor's still calling the plays in Jacksonville. Yes. yes that's the word we're getting. Yeah. Then I think that's it's, I think it is, <laughs> I think it's 14 of 18 um, offensive head coaches call plays for their teams because you got because you got fourteen. Wow, I didn't know the number was that vast. Yeah, I, I was I was a little surprised too. Um, like Zach, yeah. so the I mean, do you, do you, what? How, what do you guys think about it? Do you think that do you think uh, coaches should be more involved, less involved? I mean, obviously you have like Kyle Shanahan, who no one's going <laughs> to criticize. Yeah, exactly. 
I'll put it this way. It depends on your process. Just because you have a guy who's actually ultimately deciding on it, a lot of times there's communication depending on who's responsible for what. It could be an area of the field. It could be a situation, you know, first, second down, third down. Um, it, it all depends on the construct. There's some who literally just control it all themselves, mm. and there's some who they literally break it down by situation. And they'll say, hey, like whoever's like coordinating the run game, whoever's coordinating the pass game, whoever's a third down, red zone, what's our best call for this situation? What are we seeing? What do we like here? Yeah. And, and, they'll, and they'll have a quick conversation about it. Boom, the play's in. Like, so it all depends on, on how it works. Like you mentioned Carolina, Frank Reich, who's called plays for a while, played quarterback, you know, has been in the NFL for a long time. He's got a heck of a staff though, man. Like when yeah. you look at all the experience of offensive coaches, like Caldwell's on that staff, not even as a traditional coach. Thomas Brown is, is the actual named OC. Josh McCown's the quarterback coach. Park Frazier's like their pass game coordinator. They've got a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just when you look at the way they've constructed their staff, there's a lot of guys they can rely on. So I don't know exactly how they're doing that. I got the chance to call again this past weekend. So I guess hello to the Brinson family. We would have nice to say a lot, you know, hi to your to your mom, Will. I know. I actually thought that like during because I, I had the game on and I saw I heard you. I was I was like, God, that voice the noise, the crap of me. How do I remember? How do I recognize oh that? <laughs> I was what, like, what do you think I said it was Romo? I've gotten that a couple of times. They're like, you you sound like Tony Romo a lot. I'm like, yeah, Easy, you sound Will, like a you sound like a stopped up Tony Romo. Um, no, the, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, um, the, uh, the uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I uh, no, I was, um, I was like, I was like, crap. I wish Brady had. I just, I think you even mentioned like you were calling the Lions, but I or the uh, the Vikings, but I hadn't like put it together that you were going to be in Charlotte. And I would have definitely told my parents to like say what's up or you know turn around and wave. Up to the game, dude. There was a huge contingent of Vikings fans there. Oh, they travel well. We well, it wasn't even travel. Apparently, there's like been a big migration of people who are from like Pittsburgh or Minnesota to charlotte oh okay. and so like half the stadium was in purple, purple. Right? Yeah. yeah and then the craziest thing was they bring out the big drum to hit right right as we entered in the what fourth quarter like all the Vikings fans started with a clap they stopped the drum because like they realized oh this is a bad look yeah. half the stands of Vikings fans are <laughs> gonna clap with it oh my god it's awesome i know it was, yeah, bad, I didn't, it was a bad look for the uh, Panthers fan base. I didn't watch a whole lot of that game just because it was like that. Basically, the Panthers got the pick six, and then it was like, all right, you've got your chance here. You need to produce like 11 points on offense to win this game. And I mean, technically, they produced six. Exactly. They got halfway there. Right. They needed, oh. yeah. They oh, actually they needed more than 11. The has held a league in every game, but is winless. Yeah, probably. They. I mean, they had a lead in that one. That's what I'm saying. They've had a, yeah. I think they've had a lead in every single game. Which is tough. Uh, well, so like, I mean, I was gonna. Do we want to run through really quickly these quarterbacks? You want to go on to something else? And I, don't, I, I think it's kind of interesting. Well, anyway, so, well let me ask you this. Let me ask you this: Is Frank Reich on the hot seat as far as a play caller goes? As far as being the play caller, is he on the hot seat? Not at all. No. no? I mean, I, it's it's a personnel issue for them right now. I mean, if, if you look at the Panthers tape and you turn it on, this is the first time. And me, you talked about how cool, calm, collective. Bryce Young has been – I think this is the first time I ever saw him frustrated in the game. Right? Yeah. There was a play, I think they threw a screen out, and he kind of like did his hand like this after the play. I was like, I've never seen him do that. And it lets you know, when you turn on tape, nobody's open, Brady. Like, wow. in man coverage, guys cannot get separation. You've heard the rumors of the Panthers, you know, supposedly looking for a true number one receiver. The only issue with that is teams usually don't give away number one receiver. Yeah. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how that plays out because – they're truly all in on Bryce Young, and we talked about how he processes the game, how he thinks about the game, how he works throughout the week. I think he is the right pick for them. They, they just got to get the kids some help, man. It's tough, and the O-line has struggled for him as well this year. So I think if they get some better pass catchers in there where guys can create some separation, you know, next year, I think Mingo takes another step as right. year two receiver. Um, I think, you know, Bryce Young will be their future, and they'll be fine. But right now it's a struggle just because nobody can get open. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they rely on Thielen for everything. He got hurt yeah. in that game, was out for a little bit. And so it, it's tough, you know, when that's all you really have got. And he's a young player. I think one of the things starting with the coaching staff, they were saying, like, when you were in the classroom, he's got it all down, you get the field. Sometimes it doesn't always, you know, go the way you, you, you think it's going to go. So yeah. uh, it's a personnel issue. It's something else. I don't think they're going to change Frank Wright calling the plays. I mean, I just I, – I don't really know if it makes sense to move on. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that they should. I just think it's like I. Get, I just get these questions a lot because I live here, and it's like people are like people are like. I can't remember. Somebody was like texting me. It was like they gotta blow up this coaching staff. It was like they, the coaching staff has been here for like three, like six months. That's like they, yeah, like this is a great coaching staff. That 
Talking to the staff, you know, one of the comments was kind of like, hey, there's a lot of rebuilding to do here. Like, yeah. I don't know if it felt that way um, because last year there wasn't as much development, right? They moved on from that rule pretty early. And you get Steve Wilkes in there. And look, Steve Wilkes is trying to get a head coaching job, yeah. right? And, and so each week, him, yeah. he's just – he's like, hey, he's how, just do trying to win? Win? how do we win? How do we got to win? And yeah. it's hard then because you're not really focused on developing or the Correct. thinking about past this year. And, and you can't if you're in Steve Wilkes' position. So I completely get it. And that's really when you fire a coach in season, like that's what you get out of it. You're not going to get any development. It's all in. And everyone's going to maximize their opportunity now. And I think it then led into a team of saying, okay, we have a new staff. We draft a quarterback number one overall we really like, but where are we at everywhere else? Yeah. And they're just so far from where I think they need to be personnel-wise ultimately to compete at, at the NFL level. Uh, I just looked at Bryce Young's next-gen stats passing charts, which show, you know, I mean, it's where he threw the football. Uh, if you had to guess, how many passing attempts longer than 25 yards did he have on the eight. season? Uh, one. Than, so, so one longer than 25. It was eight, yeah, it was eight longer than 20. Yeah. I think he's completed like one or two. Yeah. I, it, there's one attempt of 40, one attempt of like right around 40 yards. That's the only one past 30. Um, this one shows, and I mean, I don't think they're doing air yards here, but it's basically, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like one completion past 20 yards. <sighs> I mean, which, it's, okay, which is twofold. It's not a knock on him. It's that they're, they, I mean, they Shark can't protect him. They can't get vertical. Yeah. Right. And, and they can't get vertical and they can't protect him. And it's, okay. it's, it's a combination of things. So, I, but again, that's when you can move on from next up as far as like play calling it uh, for the team that you think is on the hot seat. Yeah. Well, no, I, do, I think one that kind of, uh, like, kind of dovetails interestingly with it, like Justin Fields, is he on the hot seat as far as the long-term quarterback option for the Bears? Because Chicago now 0-4, the Panthers are 0-4, and the Panthers are in this position where if Carolina, like, what happens if Carolina gives the Bears the number one overall pick? Meaning, I think, as we were pointing out, it's like they could have basically had, uh, the combination would be like, Caleb Williams, DJ Moore, Jalen Carter in two seconds instead of Bryce Young. That would be a tough scene for Carolina. Right. Then, I'm not well, sure how well, you got to that, but okay. yeah, Chicago had the number one pick. The Panthers traded up to get it. Right. But they could have, at nine, they could have taken Jalen Carter, still have their number one pick this year. Would be terrible. Uh, <laughs> would end up, well, but, but, it, 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 I, don't, I don't think they'll end up giving the Bears a number one pick, but I, I do think they'll be, they'll be giving the Bears a, a pick somewhere between five and 10 best case for Carolina. Right. Um, but don't yeah. the Bears potentially have one and two? That's yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And so, yeah. like, if they have one or two, just to that point, like, we can always go back and say, what if? I think if you look ahead, you could say, well, Caleb Williams and who now? It's Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Best yeah. left tackle, Marvin Harrison, yeah. whoever you like is the best edge rusher. I mean, there's a number of names you can throw in the conversation. But I, I just I wonder if they if the Bears decide to do the Houston Texans, then they go Stroud Anderson and say, We just know these two guys are gonna be studs. Correct. Let's go there. And if they go that route, or if they say, let's take Caleb Williams, let's trade out, knowing someone's going to get up a boatload to get Drake May yeah. ahead of whoever's at number three. That's a lot. And then we're, then we're able to get either, maybe it's not Marvin Harrison, but a tackle that we love or Brandon a wide receiver. In Georgia or like, you know. Kind of high to take him in top 10, but okay. Yeah. You know, depending yeah. on where they drop back to. So yeah. I mean, he's, a, I mean, he's, a, yeah. I mean, the point being is like, so, but I mean, the, the larger point is if the Bears have the first overall pick, there's a 0.0% chance that they would stick with Justin Fields and use the like trade out and use those picks on help for Justin Fields, right? Yeah. I mean, it, he would have to turn it around like soon. I, I think, and you made this point last year talking about the Jets and, and Bryce Young. If you're in a position where you take a transcending player and right. Caleb Williams, I think they ultimately trade away from Justin Fields, right? They trade him out. They get Caleb Williams. And to your point, I didn't even think about that scenario, but it makes a lot of sense. Drake May, people are going to want to trade up to get him at two. Why not trade away? Or do you think Marvin Harrison is that good where you feel like you can't trade that pick? Either way, you get two you know, generational-type players at one and two. So I think ultimately if they do end up with the number one pick, there's no way you don't take Caleb Williams. He, he is that good, but then yeah. you see like Emeka Ibuka and you're like, all right, like yeah. what's the difference between Harrison and Emeka Ibuka? I mean, true, it, yeah. I, I don't know. I, again, that's all for the and evaluators. Like to them too. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's a number of guys that probably in that conversation, but it, there's a lot to consider at this point. I just – I think if they end up moving on from the coach, you'd have to think they end up moving on from Justin Fields too at some point. Yeah. This wasn't Ryan Pohl's draft pick, and, and unfortunately that's how it goes uh, if things don't work out for you as a quarterback. Uh, the number one pick, by the way, in the, in the draft for the hot seat would have been Matt Canada and the Steelers, obviously. Hmm. I mean, how yeah, could but, that – But is it really hot if Mike Tomlin's not willing to move on from him? True. I mean, they, the stat, there's a stat – they haven't – 
They haven't had more than four, we told we talked this with Pete on yesterday's pod, but they haven't had more than four hundred yards of offense in thirty nine consecutive games since Matt Canada took over. And over that time span, other NFL teams have had two hundred ninety five combined games with over four hundred yards. That's pretty freaking. I, I can't remember if it was Warren Sharp who too said this. He's done like a deep dive into all of this and just yeah, like yeah. Said, yeah. all the drives they've had that they end up in a turnover, a punt. They're like second worst in the league. The one that stood out to me though was when they if they you know if their opponent scores twenty two points. If it's under that, they actually win a fair amount of their games. If it's over that, they've won like like one in fifteen or something, Oof. at least from his research, which is pretty damning. Only because you're basically saying to yourself, like, if our defense doesn't come out and shut out the points, yeah, like we don't have a shot in these games, right? Yeah. So I mean, point being is like Matt Canada. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say he doesn't have a hot seat, but like, I mean, he didn't he really just get a vote of confidence. I don't know. After they lost this week, they said they're going to put on pads today. Yeah. In practice, well, so. I think Tomlin was saying he wasn't ready to move on from him. I don't know if it's a vote of confidence. <laughs> you better have a guy in house you feel good that's about moving on thing. to if yeah. you're move on from well, an OC. That's unfortunately, not- unfortunately, as I pointed out to you guys, three of their three of the coaches on the coaching staff were from the 2013 NC State football team. That's right. He did say that. <laughs> and they didn't win a single conference <laughs> game. So but that's I don't know. The that's the brilliance when you're a play caller, right? You bring everyone along with you, and then it's like, none of these guys are going to do a better job than me. That's the old, old, that's the old radio, the radio host trick where it's like, if you do a solo show, like if you're like, like you have whoever fills in for you, just make sure that they're like, like you just, you never get somebody who might like take your job, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I was going to say, too, when you're talking about play calling, you said 14 of the 18 head coach that are offensive-minded, right? Yeah. They, they call their own plays. The other four don't. Sometimes it's like, well, if I oversee it all, things don't look good offensively. It's like, well, Ego. it's that guy doing it. I mean, I guess you can always use the, like, but, I'm going to fire myself and I'm going to get delegate to someone yeah, else. There is exactly. that movie, too. <laughs> like, yeah. you just take that hat off and put it down. That's know? why the, I was, I was the I thought four, it was alarming. Well, not alarming, but I, was, I didn't know it was that high of a number. Like, I knew it was, you know, McVay, Zach Taylor, you know, Kyle Shanahan on the floor. Can, I'm like, dang, 14 coaches? Can, can I kind of tell you why, too, just getting, like, talking to, you know, different coaches in the league? Like, one of the things that I've kind of gathered from them, too, is there's so much on your plate. Like, there's so much on your plate. Yeah. You really can't. It's hard to oversee the entire thing and be able to really, like, understand to a deep level the way you need to in detail Correct. each side of what they're doing. So you got to have a strong coach opposite of whatever your calling card For is. Sure. And then a lot of times, like from game planning standpoint, like you've got to be the guy. Like you can rely on your coaches, but there's there it is. See, I knew we those guys were there. We told you you didn't want to listen. Now you're gonna be a zombie. Mm-hmm, oh, much. you just meant you just meant so like the so the alert didn't go off while we were on a live podcast. Or do you think I'm being like tested for some vaccine here? Well, no, the, no, no, the alert out, but... went off. It was supposed to go off at two eighteen Eastern time. Yeah. I thought it was at 2 o'clock. You told me it was too late to turn it off. 2.18. We were messing with you. We just wanted to do it before the show started. Oh. Oh, you only wanted to do it so that we'd be professional and the alert wouldn't go off during the show. Oh, and you look unprofessional? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't really. I mean, look. Someone um, saying you that moppy head of hair would look unprofessional right now. I'll put on a hat if you need me to. All I know is my baseball coach, Tim Saunders, would not appreciate that head of hair. I mean, I think anybody would appreciate this head of hair. Um, by the way, the four the four play callers who the four offensive the four teams coached by offensive coaches who don't have them uh, doing the calling the plays. The Eagles um, they have with uh, Nick yeah. Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson, Brian, yeah. Brian Johnson. The Giants with uh, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. Well, there's been question marks about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, we think Dable's calling the plays. I think uh, it's half and half. I think I think there's a lot of coordination there. Mm. I, so, I actually want to ask you about that. How do you feel about that as a quarterback when it is like a almost tug of war situation as far as is going back and forth between like one half, maybe the OC is calling it in the second half. The head coach it's, it's usually never that. I mean, it's usually like, you know, if you change up in season, the hard thing is, is like your coordinator has a personality, mm-hmm. like a personality in the sense of like, depending on the day you're having, you know, whether he has faith in you, right? Like you throw a pick, is he going to come out, run the ball two times and see where we're at in third down? If it's yeah. third and three, say run again. Right. Is he that kind of guy or is he going to come out first down and say, nope, keep slinging it? Like this is what the defense is presenting. It's the best down for us to pass. I trust you. Keep slinging the football yeah. around. There's all sorts of different, you know, personalities, relationships that quarterbacks have with their coaches. And to me, like that's what's most important is 
that learning curve, like it starts up again yeah. the second you put in a new coach who's calling plays. Mm. Uh, the Lions are also one of those teams. Technically, Dan Campbell, an offensive guy, but like I think it would be ben weird Johnson if, calling them. If yeah. Dan, if it, I almost think you could like take them off. I, I didn't include them at first because it's like just because it's you know what I mean like it would, I think it would be weird if Dan Campbell called plays, wouldn't it? He actually well, did it. Yeah, before. he's done it before. Did yeah. you do it in Miami? Or you do it? In I think when he became the intern, he did. Yeah, yeah. That was the OG PC principal. Oh, you get an old school brand of football if he's calling the plays. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, Hell and yeah. then the Oscar Jags, so Giants, Eagles, Lions, <laughs> and uh, who was the fourth one that I'm forgetting? Have you guys had ostrich eggs before? I've never had ostrich. I want to now. After you've never had ostrich eggs, yeah. I mean, he's like, what do you say, a prehistoric animal? Literally. I'm trying to think, who's the other? Who? Who's the, 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 the fourth one? Uh, well. What's that? I've had an ostrich egg before. No, we were saying who's the fourth uh, offensive player? Oh, yeah. To um, so, Eagles, Cowboys, oh, Jaguars, and Lions. And like, there's sort of Jaguars. Even, and, I feel like the Jaguars is up in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I mean, basically, <laughs> I mean, I, I think my, my my mom was pretty surprised. I mean, like, I mean, I was kind of surprised, too, to just find out that it's like that high. So, you could almost say it's yeah. like it's like 16 of 18 um, coaches. Well, I find it interesting. It, it seems like there was a influx of new younger coaches once they became head coaches. That trend kind of changed, right? I, like when we were playing and back in the day, you didn't really see that as much, yeah. right? Now, like with the McVeighs, the Shanahan's, yeah. the Floors, when they became head coaches, they were like, well, I'm going to keep continuing to call plays because I know how my offense runs. And I think, you know, we have the team built around this offense. I feel like I'm the best person to do the job. I think I, that's that's what it's been. I think it's human nature. It's hard to like delegate, right? Like sure. if if you got a head coaching job, like this is your break, and mm-hmm. then you put it in someone else's hands, you're like, yeah, oh, scary. what's this guy doing? Like, it's it's that's human scary. nature, right? Like it, it's like you'd rather go down with the ship that if, if you're controlling, you're the one steering it, right? Like this, that's how I feel about it. Like it's it's hard I mean, to put your fate in someone else's hands. I'll never forget. I had a college coach tell me this once. Because I said, hey, do you ever, like, you know, give the quarterback some of his own opportunities? He'll just, Let me tell you something, all right? I got a really nice house, like a really <laughs> nice house. He goes, and that is one expensive mortgage, and I am not, all right, putting that mortgage and my livelihood on an 18-year-old's decision-making process, all right? <laughs> yeah, so he looks, he looks to the sideline when he gets the plays from us, all right? I don't, I don't let him do any of that stuff. I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of that sense. A lot of sense. Why, now, now I get it. Why do you think I, I feel like we could narrow down who this was by, like, looking up, like, where, like, when you were at Notre Dame and like who? Because you combed comb through game. all the different. Well, it wasn't at Notre Dame. It was when I was calling games. Yeah, Co- since oh, 2014, oh, combed oh, through oh, all gotcha, the gotcha. games. Will, good yeah. luck. Good luck. So it was Tommy. So it was Tommy Tuberville. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, oh, not technically yeah. true because I feel like most coaches they like evolve into sounding like a more country or something. <laughs> that accent. what it is? Yeah, they start coaching ball. They're like, they're like, all of a sudden they start dipping. They they're like, voice. Yeah, man. I don't know. You see, uh, 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 I just found. I just speaking of speaking of moppy heads of hair. Uh, I needed. To, I was checking. I thought you were saying it was when you were Notre Dame. So I was looking up the exact years. There's a picture on your Wikipedia page with you holding a microphone with some frayed cargo shorts, bra. Uh, you might have cut them off yourself in a Cubs T-shirt and a moppy head of hair leading some kind of rally at Notre Dame. I love this. It was a pep rally on South Quad. <laughs> Before Notre Dame USC, I was wearing a Cub shirt. Uh, I know, I've a, seen the photo. I've got the same Cub shirt, I think, except with yeah, the Harry Carey. It, it, it was a Dylan Pep rally. That's actually the night that I gave uh, all the students the hotel and the phone number of where USC was staying. I got some intel. How, how did you get that into? Yeah, it's a small town, South Bend. You find out a lot of things let's, about let's, your opponents. Harry. Let's toss that picture up just so dudes can see it. I mean, it's on your Wikipedia page. Anybody can go get it. But like, oh yeah, it's on my Wikipedia. Thank <laughs> you. And by the way, that was those yeah, shorts are from head. Hollister when I worked at Hollister back in high school. So awesome. Yeah. Wow. It can be the first there. sentence yeah, is yeah. that was the whole point. The, you work the, there and then you, you get the discount and then you spend all your money in the clothes, you walk away with nothing. Yeah, much, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. By the way, I think other hot seat, just just for reference, if you want to talk about it before we take a break, but I'll just throw them out there and then we'll be done with the conversation. See, we're not we're not we're not rooting for anybody to lose their jobs. We're just discussing if there's a chance for change coming. Uh that's it's the NFL, it's part of the business. Um Jack Del Rio is the defensive coordinator for the Commanders. He's got mentioned by uh, EK, uh, who's a Commanders fan. Mac Jones and Desmond Ritter as quarterbacks. Then uh, Zach Taylor, offensive coordinator. Taylor Swift as Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. I mean, look, oh they, they go to losing streak. Hold, hold on. It's Travis Kelsey. I was about to say it's Travis Kelsey in that category. I mean, I'm going to pitch this one to dudes, but it seems like it's outside of the norm for who Kelsey's dated. I'm just saying. Yep. You know she's got a movie coming out like on the 13th, right? Oh, really? And and did you know that 
uh, the number one podcast in America right now. Not sports podcast, New number Heights, one yeah. podcast, New Heights. Travis Kelsey's on, on every other commercial during during like every football commercial. This is an equal beneficial relationship. My, my wife was sitting next to me and we're watching it, and she goes, and I was like, man, every commercial he's on now. What is up with this? Mr. Pfizer. Who was on the next commercial? It was Capital One Taylor Swift. I was like, yes. this is, I was like, let's just oh, be yeah. open about so, like, it. Capital One, if you look at the bottom, it yeah. talks about the movie that's coming yeah. out. So Yeah. No, like, the NFL is getting a new crowd. Taylor Swift is getting a new crowd. I'll be honest with you, are they? Are they? You're getting a little, a little, there's a well, little more. The for the Jets, uh, Chiefs game was one of the highest. Yeah, it was a higher for me. Yeah. I'll put it this way. My wife did, has not watched any more football, all right, since Taylor Swift <laughs> well, has been I mean, going against. I would, I would say that, like, crazy I would say that, in. like, there's been more interest from, like, possible, like, more interest in football a little bit from people who just wouldn't normally watch football, obviously. And then I think, like, I think, I think more, like, I don't know how much more Taylor Swift can get, but I mean, like, she's going to take all the publicity she can get. Do, like, do you think they're really dating? Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't really care. But <laughs> I would say this. Does it work both ways? Like, if, if let's just say the conspiracy theory, the NFL, sure. the NFL approached her and they said, like, this is the plan and this is who we think and this is, like, how we're going to do this. Yeah. There's a few things at play here. One, if I was one of the TV networks, I'd be like, yeah, you're going to spread this over four games. Because if I'm Fox, CBS, and ABC, ESPN, I for sure, and, and NBC now, yeah. I for sure want to make sure that we all get a bite at the yeah, apple yeah. for the this. increase in <laughs> ratings, okay? That's the first thing. The second is, it's like, does it work for her crowd? If this, if this is an effort to grow the, the female uh, population as far as watching the NFL games, like, does this work for her? Does she bring in more dudes to come <laughs> listen to Taylor Swift? I, I, I don't know. I think so. Maybe our women that are, are heavily into football that maybe weren't Taylor Swift fans. Now they are I, Taylor Swift fans? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, yeah, it's not outrageous. I, I mean, I think it is definitely mutually beneficial in a symbiotic relationship that is helping uh, both sides. So, but as you I point mean, out, I was listening Travis, to 80s rock earlier today working out. I did not listen to any Taylor Swift. So that's, that's zero <laughs> effect on me in my life. But you, you've, you've noted that you listen to Taylor Swift a lot because you have like four daughters or five daughters. I didn't say daughters. a lot. I said at times when I'm in the car, they'll ask for a Taylor Swift song and I will put it on. Now, sometimes daddy though can't get to the right song and he just plays what he wants by accident uh, sometimes sometimes yeah. dad sometimes dad daddy accidentally vetoes the taylor Swift. dad's phone's broken again <laughs> I see yeah. What oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry my phone's broken uh all right let's take a break when we come back return of some big name stars from the pup Ooh. list possibly this week we'll tell you who it is and what to expect next ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Woo! Man, wow. Uh you can't see it if you're if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever else you get your podcast. If you're listening there, give us a five star review. If you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash at NFL on CBS, you would have just caught a Paramount Plus ad for Pet Cemetery, some sort of new Pet Cemetery. And as we learned last week, guys, all three of us hate how horror movies. Oh man! Like I, I picked up, I picked up my phone. All. I picked up my phone and was not looking at that that like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Brady like, were looking at the screen like, oh my god. Yeah, I'm like looking down like, no thanks. Don't want any interest in that. I do have interest though in the return of 
Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Particularly Ooh. Jonathan Taylor, who I drafted a lot in fantasy football. What do you think happens with Taylor? And we can get to the tush push maybe in a minute. But what do you think happens with Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup upon their return here, Deuce? Honestly, I've been saying this for the longest, even in the offseason throughout training camp. I thought the best place for Jonathan Taylor was right there with the Indianapolis Colts and Shane Steichen. Now, again, can relationships be, you know, um, patched up? We'll see with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it seems like it had came to a head with Jonathan Taylor, and he seemed like he didn't want to play for the Colts at all. Um, him and Jim Irsay supposedly had words. We'll see where that is. And we know this with the, the locker room and, and football period. It's a really unique job right where guys say things and at the end of the day we're all here for one common goal right you can kind of patch things up and get things going but if you just look at the history of Shane Steichen when he was with the you know Philadelphia Eagles and Miles Sanders and the career year he had I mean if you're Jonathan Taylor like if you were healthy in the beginning of the year I thought he could go for 1800 yards in that offense just because you have a freak of nature at quarterback and Anthony Richardson and with the zone read and RPO like defenses have to respect that so much it's going to slow linebackers and defensive ends down. So it's going to open up holes for Jonathan Taylor. So we've seen, um, uh, was it Zach? Zach Moss. Zach Moss has had some success in that yeah. offense already. Just imagine Jonathan Taylor in that offense. And I don't think he ends up being traded. I think he'll be right there. In regards to Cooper Cup, he's going to go back to that number one role. We know Puka Nakua has been an amazing story. And it'll be a good number three receiver for him now because Tutu Atwell, to me, is their number two guy. Uh, but Cooper Cup is going to get the target share when he comes back. You think so? I I know man, so. Man, Puga Nakua has been good. He's though, been balling, but I just I mean, it's yeah, I think great. Matt Stafford really trusts you know Matt, Matthew Stafford's wide, the wide receiver kingmaker. Like well, Calvin Johnson is. Oh, okay, hold on. Matt Stafford made Calvin Johnson. No, no. no look, if you look at the, the... <laughs> that's what? hilarious. What? Calvin Johnson <laughs> before Calvin Johnson had the single biggest wide receiver fantasy season of all time. And then it was beaten by Cooper Cup, and now Puka Nakua is on track for you it. Could have put any quarterback with Calvin I Johnson, could have been and Calvin Johnson would have had a huge fantasy season. Yeah. I'm just saying, Calvin but he had the greatest yards with me at quarterback. He had two thousand yards. He's a freak. Like <laughs> Calvin Johnson walked in the NFL, and he could throw on a gold jacket. We've never seen a receiver that moves like that with his size. I'm not, I'm not, right? just, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying. I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see where Sean McVay and what he does with the, with the reads and, and yeah. with the offense. He's so good at diagramming diagramming things to get guys right. open. Who does he prioritize? You know, who does he kind of work to? Does he kind of balance that out between the two? Because they're both going to get a lot of targets. Um, you know, in regards to Taylor, the game's the reward. And I do wonder, because like a lot of players, when they talk about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to you know, sit out or I might be yeah. done this year and all that. It's not hard until you start seeing teams playing. And then you start seeing teams playing, you're like, oh, this is it. Like, this is what you miss. This is obviously all the work. Some guys love the process, the work that goes behind it. Yeah. But, like, the game is what you cherish the most. And I do wonder if that maybe changed Jonathan Taylor's feelings towards the Colts, towards Jim Irsay and his comments and the situation they're in. And if he's looking at Shane Steichen and if he's looking at the AFC South going, well, everyone is two and two I was right about now. to say that, too. Like, like we're all in two, it. Yeah. And Zach Moss, to your point, is running well. Anthony Richardson is, is, a, is, is looking like he's going to be a stud. Um Maybe this isn't a bad deal for me to get through this year. And then figure it out. And then figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's Honestly, that's probably what's best for him. But, again, like, I think he's going to play to prove at least that he's healthy enough exactly. in order for a team to give anything as far as decent trade value. Right, Will? Yeah, and I think, too, like, uh, I also don't understand why the Colts don't look at this as, okay, we have Anthony Richardson, who's looked really good as a rookie, like surprisingly good at both passing and, and running the football, on this rookie contract. We cannot pay him for the next three years. Why don't we just give Jonathan Taylor like this deal that gives him close enough to what he wants over the next three years? You're, you're not even be close to the salary cap. Who gives a crap if you have to give up like like some cash to pay this this running back? I think I think you pay Taylor and, and bring him in and keep him around there and make make life easier for Anthony Richardson. But that's just my. I, I've not, I haven't looked at the roster, so I'm kind of asking this question here on a whim. But like, who else would be up next? Pittman's up after this year, I think. Okay. Pittman, I mean, yeah. I don't, does that look like as far as yeah, what type of money is he? He's not going to reset the market, but yeah. like that's the other thing is the considerations well, for who else is there that they need to extend. And we've talked about this before, right? I think this is where the owners are banding together to draw a line in the sand. I don't even think it has anything to do with Jonathan Taylor. I think it has to do with his position, and right. rightfully so. We see Saquon Barkley already banged up this year, right? So like right. they just don't want to play running backs that type of money anymore. And to Will's point, like you're not paying anybody else. I think if you were in the realm of 15 million dollars i think 
they should get a deal done around that. Like yeah. you think, I think Chris McCaffrey's making 17 or something like that. You're not paying him Christian McCaffrey money, but you get 14, 15 million dollars. And I, again, I don't know because there was reports about Jonathan Taylor and he had multiple agents, had one guy, then they had another guy. And they're like, we're not going to no- negotiate with the new guy. I don't know if somebody needs to sit down and talk to him and be like, look here, you're a running back in this league. As, as far as longevity, the history shows like dudes get hurt. You've been hurt. Matter of fact, you're coming off an injury right now. Get some financial security for the future instead of playing out this year. But the thing was, it seemed like the Colts didn't even want to negotiate him, negotiate with him, period, anyway. So I don't know where they go from here. If he plans on getting a new deal next year, even though they can tag him, he has to prove that he can be healthy first right. and foremost anyway. So, Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the tush push. Hot topic <laughs> these days around the NFL. Um, we got Jack Del Rio discussing it. Well, it's not being – officiated as illegal so we just have to prepare for it i mean that's i i would personally like to see it eliminated not just because they run it better than anybody although they do run it better than anybody but um i i I don't think that's a football play i think it's a a nice rugby play and um it's not what we're looking for in football we actually had three different teams other than the eagles (laughs) Attempt this uh, over the Got weekend. Stopped. And yeah. all three teams failed Very terribly. Yeah, do, Brady. Do you think? Um, do you think? You I actually to- think it makes a case for not getting rid of it because <laughs> not everyone's utilizing it and successful with it. So, whether you want to say it's the personnel, you know, it's yep. Jason Kelsey and the offensive line and Jalen Hurts, or the technique and the coaching behind it. Yeah. Look, they had a first mover advantage on everyone else. And I, I talked with both staffs about that specific short yardage play, goal line play, and said. Yeah. Is this something you're looking at putting in? They're like, yep. And I'm like, they're like, but like everyone else, they're trying to figure out like what makes it so unstoppable, what makes it so special. And everyone says, oh, it's personnel, personnel. Yeah. A lot of coaches I talk to don't feel like that's the case. <laughs> they, they feel like it's more of the technique in which that other team that they're executing versus other teams. Like, for yeah. example, when you saw the Giants try to use it. If you looked at the Giants' offensive line, they never got underneath the D right line, line enough yeah. to move them Correct. to then allow Daniel Jones to be pushed into that next wave coming through. Yeah. And so the hard part is, is like if I'm another team out there in short yardage, like I, I wouldn't even like try. Like, why am I trying to imitate something that I'm not gonna be able to execute as well? I don't have that personnel. What's the point? Like you you've you've got other things that you can rely on that are probably more successful for you. I just worry it's not a safe play. I think on yeah. the actual the Giants when two players got two injured players on got that. Hurt on it. And I think the other problem is is you know you can't pull players, you can push players. The reality is is that like you can't tell when they're in that scrum What's going whether on? or not anyone's being pulled. Exactly. And look, we used to not be able to push players. And so if we got rid of that rule like it used to be, this whole entire play goes away. Yeah, I think it's a combination of one, and I think you talked about this on Twitter, and maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, Jalen Hurts squats like six, seven hundred pounds, right? As far as but, like, but he gets up on guys, and it's not him pushing anymore. Yeah, it's guys behind him pushing. pushing. So it's execution, and you know this, Brady. That's not something you can practice during <laughs> practice because you're nervous about guys getting yeah. picked up in that scenario. So that, and I, I know Will, you're about to ask me about defensively. How do you potentially maybe stop this? Brady spoke to it perfectly. For yeah. one, the defensive line has to get lower than the offensive line. Yeah. I think uh, Jason Kelsey does a masterful job of being already kind of like cocked up with his head down when he yeah. snaps the ball and getting under the defensive line. You got to think, he knows when the, the ball is coming out. He's no, He knows when he's going to snap it. The defensive line doesn't know when the ball is getting snapped, so he already has that advantage in that. And then, two, the linebackers have to go high in that scenario. Too many times, guys don't aim high. They try to get behind the D-line and push. If your defensive line is going low and they get leverage on the offensive line, somebody has to meet the quarterback midway when he takes the ball out and is getting pushed. So it's a combination of of two of those things on defense. In defense of the defense, and people might say you're stupid for saying this, but like if I was a linebacker, I'm gonna launch helmet first every time. I I went too. In all seriousness, like it it, it should be. It's It's a half a yard. There's no no first down. It's it's not allowed. That's against the rules for player safety, and it will be a personal foul. But the the response is, what else are you supposed to do? In all seriousness, what else are you supposed to do? And to Jack Del Rio's point, it does look like a rugby play. Yeah, and that's where I think there's a lot of people who. If you're not a fan of it, that's the that's what you're going to use. If you are a fan of it, you probably root for the Eagles. Um, the funniest right. thing, I, the funniest thing I was I was talking to one of the staffs about it. They were talking about the snap because obviously, you know that in that particular play, 
it's different. It's not a normal under center snap. Yeah. You touched on it. Like Kelsey is going to put his, his butt up, down, his head down, almost all the so way low that it's uh-huh. very different. And as soon because of the reaction as he snaps it up there as a He's quarterback, now, yeah. you've got to try to seat it and make sure you get it, and you've got to get low. Correct. So it's actually a much more difficult play to execute than people realize, and that's why it's like tremendous to see Kelsey and Jalen Hurts the way they do it. But again. The NFL is like not going to be able to step in here because it's not being used widely enough, successfully enough Correct. to then say it's a huge advantage. And until there's other injuries that come injuries, along with it, yep. it's not going to be a player safety issue. And it's got to be somebody major that gets injured. Like, remember when uh, I think it was Mahomes that got hurt on a uh, snake? Yeah, yeah. Up. I mean, I, so if something like that happens, maybe the NFL. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Life. I think if there's a really bad neck injury, then they'd reset. That's what I'm saying. So, and, and then yeah. also. Whether people want to admit it or not, that, you know, in the NFL, they came, they care more about offense, right? So if it's an advantage for the Eagles on offense or teams on offense, they're not going to change it to your, unless somebody does get se- severely hurt during it. The thing I, that I wouldn't like about it as a quarterback is I we used to run this all the time. I mean, even um, whenever I got in the NFL, like you always had a call. You'd get to a quarterback sneak quick, you yeah. know, and, and the New England system was always dog, dog, blue, go. You yeah. know, and then you'd find an A gap that was open. I always hated when we brought more bigger bodies in there because the more you do that, the more then you get big guys like you who are now in these gaps. Like now you're in the A gaps. Now I'm like, now I'm now I'm thinking when I get the ball, I'm not going right away. I'm waiting to see like where where the scene presents itself, and then I'm trying to sneak over there. Like I remember there was one. I almost took the ball and ran like it was a speed option. I've seen quarterbacks go all the way to the CD gap. With Literally, <laughs> when I was in Cleveland, we ran a play like that, and I just like kept the football and ran around the edge like it was an option play for like 20 yards. Well, I don't know. That was the changeup for the Eagles this past week. Like Jalen Hurts essentially was like an option. He stopped the ball, and there were people behind him to push, and he took it to the C gap like he was running the option and then got the first down. So, I mean, that's the changeup for offenses when those defensive guys crowd up the A and B gaps and slant everybody inside, like, well, you can't be able to get the first down the A gap and take the ball outside. On that on that play where the Giants tried to run it on uh, Monday night, if they had like faked it and boot bootlegged Danny Dimes Wide out, open. he would have he would he would have run for seventy yards before he fell. Yeah, that's self scouting. You got you got to you know got to right. self scout and realize you know how teams are attacking that you know quarterback sneak or push tush or whatever they call it. The yeah. the brother brotherly shove, the if bro- you will, brotherly yeah. shove. I mean, yeah. Daniel Jones has those long legs like a gazelle. I mean, can you imagine him out there in the open field just galloping? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, yeah. remember when he fell? I was about to say, you forgot the yeah. time he was in the open field yeah, and fell. Yeah, that one. yeah, don't worry about ran, that one. Ran out his yeah. own form. Yeah, like he's, like, he's like gazelling <laughs> down, the, down the field and like at home in the middle uh-huh. edge and just whoop! <laughs> turf, turf monster, monster. get you now. Turf monster got him, that's right. Um, any thoughts on J.C. Jackson going back to the Patriots? Very interesting, right? This is a situation where he was one of the prize, you know, top free agents, free agents yeah, in sure. the offseason two years ago. And I thought him going to the Chargers was going to give them a leg up and trying to knock off the Chiefs in that division. It just hasn't worked out. I don't know if it's Brandon Staley's system. I don't know if it's J.C. Jackson having that uh, freak injury last year that maybe has slowed him down. But he's going back home where the last time we saw him, he was a Pro Bowl player. So yeah. we know that it's one thing the Patriots will do. They will welcome you back home and they get guys to play at a high level. I would assume with the injury to Christian Gonzalez and, and a few other guys that they'd probably insert him pretty quickly to be the guy there uh, on the outside. So I thought it was interesting that the Chargers were willing to wipe their hands and, and pay most of that money up front as a signing bonus. Yes. Be like, we're done. Um, you know, I think the Patriots are only playing like 1.5 of that, uh, of his contract. So uh, it was just a marriage that didn't work between the two guys. And, you know, you're paying a guy that much and he's a healthy scratch. That's a head scratcher. I think that's probably one of the best things that Bill Belichick is, you can always hang your hat on in his career is, he takes players, figures out what they're able to do to do consistently well, and he puts them in that position. He doesn't ask them to do anything outside of their job. Yeah. When he says do your job, he's asking them to do a job that he, he feels like is very specific to them and what they do well. So uh, I'm expecting J.C. Jackson to go in there and play well. The staff knows what his strengths are and his weaknesses, and mm-hmm. they obviously have a huge need for him. So, I, that, that, I mean, like the Patriots are behind the eight ball right now, and they need help uh, defensively. Yeah. Um, New England – all right, let me ask you one more thing about the AFC. Just I think this is an interesting um, sort of discussion about the playoff picture. Like yeah. with Joe Burrow being hurt and Rodgers going down, mm-hmm. where do we think this last wild card is going to come from? Because it is like, remember, we thought that it was going to be 
Like uh, two ten win teams are gonna miss the playoffs. Well, I don't know, was, remember. I was saying I didn't think. I thought the Bengals were gonna regress this year. This is before the injury. Yeah, Just yeah. I don't think people understand with Jesse Bates and Von Bell not being there, how big of a loss that was for that Cincinnati Bengals defense. And there was times last year where that offense struggled. The Bengals like helped them up. This year, that defense is giving it up, man. For the Bengals, they've really struggled on that side of the ball. They've struggled. They had one good game well. against the Rams. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Say, they played well over the Rams. Yeah. But other than that, they've really struggled. Um, given, given, well, they weren't that bad week one. I mean, it was kind of like no one was really great offensively. The weather was that was bad weather there, but I mean, but they got ran on easily. I, I think it's interesting when you look through because the AFC North in particular, like the, the concerning thing about Cincinnati being what one and three right now, yeah. Um, they're 0 and 2 in the division, and so, like, for example, if you look at another one and three team, Minnesota, we mentioned. They're 0-0 in the division. They haven't played a divisional game. So it's a, it hits a little different when you haven't played divisional games because you could still get all that back, yeah. even if you have a sub-500 record, right? We've seen that before. So um, it, it's tough to think who would be on the AFC North. I mean, clearly Baltimore looks like the best team now. Yeah. And if Baltimore, if Baltimore beats Pittsburgh, they'll be 3-0 in divisional road games before week six, which is wild. That's massive. And, then, and the weird thing is Pittsburgh would only be 1-1, one one, though, in divisional yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. So – there's still a lot of football left to be played. I think the Browns are still a team. I mean, I know DTR played this past week and the defense didn't live up to, you know, what they've been the first couple weeks of the season. But it's hard when your offense isn't getting going. It's three and out, three and out. you yeah. got to play, you know, consistently the, all day long. The Chargers are the other team that I think you got to give a shot to. I, I've been look. telling people, a lot of people didn't think they would make a play. I have them as a playoff team this year. Yeah. Now, again, I'm nervous about Brandon Staley and the way he makes decisions. Like, one week he's extra aggressive. The next week he's not aggressive. I'm like, dude, I don't know about consistent. that, man. I mean, this past he's, week. He's been, these last two weeks he's been ridiculous, like, ridiculously aggressive. But then, like, he it, like hasn't, it hasn't bit him yet, but I know it you, will. Did you guys think we, we, we couldn't really decide on yesterday's show? Uh, do you think he told uh, um, Asante Samuel? Asante Samuel to get down? 100%. He was waving for him to get down. That's That was one of the most egregious things when I was watching the game. I'm you got going, a score right there. They still like, got three timeouts, dude. There's 240 like, left. Get at least further downfield. Yeah. Like, he had plenty of room there. It was. It was bizarre, Some but you could see him telling him to get down. Yeah. So, I, mean, so I don't Prisco, know why he decisively run off the field like that. Prisco was watching it and said that, like, on the All-22, I guess he was looking at the All-22, because you know, today's Wednesday, checks out, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Prisco was, yeah. Yeah, should be out there. So Prisco was watching it and said that it looked like Staley might have even been, like, celebrating, but was, like, doing it in a way that, like, made it look like he was saying get down. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All I know is it looked like from the TV copy that yeah, I saw that he was telling him to get down. You're breaching a screenshot. It looks like he's like, if you're Sunday Samuel, you feel like he's telling you to get down. And if he runs for another 30 yards, one, it burns like five or 10 seconds off the clock. And then two, right. you're not in a position where you get backed up and you have to take this deep shot down the field. Right. It's, it's his bailed him out again. Yeah, his decision making <laughs> is bad, man. But I, I mean, here's my hot take. Two AFC South teams make the playoffs. Ooh. That's actually not a bad take. The way this season's kind of panned out so far this year, mm. who would the They're two all two and two? Who would the two I, teams be? I think I would go Jacksonville and Houston right now. Oh, he's oh got that wow! Texas making a playoff run. Man, no respect for the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel. Unbelievable! I, 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 I like. I love the Titans. I love. The, I kind of love this whole division. Like, I think the whole division is. It's like they're it's a lot better than everybody thought it was going to be. Huh? Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean. Or it's not. I mean, depending on how you view Big 500. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you put if you went head-to-head AFC North, AFC South right now, who wins? I'm still taking the talent of the AFC North. Yeah, it's I'm still just saying, <laughs> I think the Ravens are beating. AFC North, everybody's healthy is the best. So, all right, so you get Ravens, Ravens, Ravens and Jaguars. You take the Ravens, that's fine. Ravens, not even close. Ravens. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> You get the then who's the number two team in the AFC North against the number, the Browns right now. So Browns yeah. versus Titans. Browns did beat the, ti- did the Titans. You saw, Titans? You saw what Titans happened in that game. Yeah. <laughs> you saw what happened in that the, game. Yeah, say the the Browns beat the Titans. Beat the brakes off of them, and then but the Titans beat the brakes off the Bengals. They did. So they yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All five hundred teams in the AFC South. That's kind of unfair. You, you pitted the Titans against. Them. <laughs> I'm saying if we're doing it like Ryder Cup style. If we do it Ryder Cup style, I'll sacrifice like the or I'll like I mean I'll sacrifice like the tight I'll sacrifice one team up against the Browns, but I mean I, I don't know like I mean I I think the bottom two teams whether it's the Colts, Jaguars, whether it's the Colts, Texans, or Titans are going to beat the Bengals and Steelers. Well, I mean the Houston uh, just beat the Braves. Houston did beat the Yeah. 
So the bottom two teams are the Titans, Titans and the Texans. They literally just beat the brakes off the bottom two teams but, in the AFC North. You know, you know the interesting thing about all the, the teams we're talking about? Like a lot of those teams that beat the brakes off of that team, it was a home game for them. Right. Like if you look at Tennessee, how they played at home, yep. opposed to how they play on the road, two totally different teams, yeah. right? So I think that's interesting earlier on in the season. And you have to be able to win a few road games to make them run in the playoffs. How does that start panning out as we go well, down the stretch? I think instead of asking like who the wild card teams are, it's like let's construct which teams are going based on the AFC. Yeah. You're gonna have Buffalo, you're probably Buffalo, gonna have Miami. Miami. Yep. There's two. You're gonna have City Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. Kansas City. All right, that's four. You got three spots left. Like, I think the Chargers, as you said, so far look like they could yeah. be another playoff team. The Browns, when Watson's there, they look like they could probably be another playoff team. Outside of that, like, yeah, that's probably where it opens the door for, you know, whoever you feel like is going to come out of the AFC South or at least have a competition with, right? Because that's literally the division winner. Yeah. yeah. So you got the division winner, and then it's like basically if you put the Chargers in and the division winner, it's it's the Browns. I mean, I guess the Steelers are there at two and two. They don't inspire a lot of confidence right now with their offense, but their defense has, has played well. Um, and then, like, the Raiders and the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, one and three, you got the Patriots in the conversation. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like, it basically comes down to, like, the Browns versus three AFC South teams for the final playoff spot. Maybe. Are you ruling out the Patriots here? No, no, that's why I said you can include the Patriots and the Raiders if you really want to. I am. I, I, well, no I, think, I think the Patriots are going downhill, man. You can include no, Denver. No I just, you can include the Broncos if you want. They're one and three. Good Lord. Eagles, yeah. one and three. Yeah. They, I'm just saying it's crazy. All right. Got a battle of two NFC teams on Thursday night. Let's take a break. When we oh, come back, yeah. we'll discuss the hot matchup between the Commanders and the Bears. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So yeah, um, yeah, we uh, we we do a lot of I mean, look. I I love football. I love all football games, and I am pumped to see Justin Fields against the Commanders defense. So we mentioned like two. You know, you look at the the, the Bears are zero and four, and the Commanders fell to two and two. But I mean, like they're still like the Bears. I mean, Justin Fields played awesome against Denver's defense for the first like stretch, and then just fell apart. Denver store, uh, completes yeah. that comeback. Uh, you know, how do you guys look at this game? Uh, you know, like like. What do you what do you see in terms of the quarterbacks here, Brady? From whether it's uh, Sam Howell and how he's playing for Washington and Justin Fields in, in Chicago. Look, you make the case both teams should have won last week, yeah. right? I mean, yep. they both blew leads, and uh, it was nice to see Sam Howell bounce back. Yeah. Obviously, a divisional opponent, but uh, he's playing well this year. You got to give him a lot of credit. Um, that entire offense, Eric Bieniemy's done a phenomenal job with them. So. I feel a lot more bullish on where Washington's at right now yeah. than I do Chicago. I mean, everyone's blistered the Denver Broncos defense. <laughs> um, and so it, I think it's just a bad matchup for Chicago. You know, that offensive line versus that defensive front for Washington, it could be a long night for uh, Justin Fields. And I don't, I'm not really optimistic about the potential of them slowing down Washington. Jalen Johnson's out. Eddie Jackson's out. We already know about the Chase Claypool situation. So sure. it just it doesn't seem like it's, it's an uphill battle for them. Or it feels like it's an uphill battle for Chicago. So – I would lay the five and a half points, man. I, I, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, too. The under is probably the play. Yeah, and if you look at it, out of the last seven meetings, the Commanders have won six of them, right? Including last year on a Thursday night football game. The interesting thing about this, right, if you look at these two quarterbacks, right, they're both tops in the league or two of the top three quarterbacks in regards to being sacked. Sam Howell's mm-hmm. the number one quarterback in the league in being sacked. And a lot of it has to do with that Buffalo game. He yeah. got blitzkrieged in that game. Yeah. But he's been sacked 24 times, which is ridiculous. So, 
you would think maybe that benefits Chicago, but they can't get to the passer, right? They only have two sacks in the entire year so far. They're last in the NFL in regards to sacks. So I'm like you. Washington's offense has looked amazing at times. Now, this Washington Commanders defense, right, it's supposed to be led by its defense, but it's kind of been a culture shift if you look at it. Like, the defensive line does get after you, but they give up a lot of yardage and a lot of points these last few weeks. I mean, even Denver cooked them. They had to come back in that game, right? The Arizona Cardinals cooked that defense. They had to come back in that game. I mean, Sam Howell also had a bad fumble early in that game versus the Arizona Cardinals. But I just like what you talked about. Like, Sam Howell, I always like looking at a young player and see when they go through some adversity how they bounce back. And he was magnificent last week. I mean, the calmness on that last drive, right? Third and 19 to be able to get 17 yards on that. And then on, you know, fourth down, be able to use his mobility, get out of the pocket, find Jahan Dotson for a first down, and then find him later with one second on the clock to send that game in overtime. Shadam's on for two, Brady. I mean, I always yes. like you winning the game when you <laughs> yes. have the opportunity to win the game. So, yes. You heard Rivera's response. He was like, I think my offense was tired. I was like, you don't think the, the Eagles defense was tired? Yeah, exactly, dude. It's like you're, <laughs> like, it's like you're at home. You got, you got the like, – the, One thing uh, is, how do you get the nickname Riverboat Ron unless you take yeah, chances? Unless you're like, well, yeah. well, I, They literally were probably half an inch away from winning that game. Terry McLaurin catches that on third down. If his shoe isn't just a little bit bigger – they get the first down, they probably kick a field goal and win yeah. that game anyway. But the um, the Riverboat Ron thing was kind of well, one, one, by the way, uh, just worth noting, um, Daniel Jones actually leapfrogged Justin Fields on Monday when he got sacked. Yeah, 10 he's times. number two and Fields yeah. is no, number Fields three. three. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know if yeah. you said two, top two, but yes, I think two like, in yeah. the top three. Yeah, yeah, okay, my bad. I, yeah. I, I misheard that. Um, yeah, Howell 24, uh, DJ 22, and Fields uh, 17, Ritter at 16. I mean, they, like all these quarterbacks are under fire. And they hold the ball a little too long, but also, you know, getting lots of pressure. Uh, remember Ron, I mean, he got that in, so it was 2013 and he was about to be fired and he like, he'd lost to EJ Manuel and the bills yeah. with like, <laughs> with Cam Newton and people were like, like furious at him for not going for it. So he was like, Okay, screw it. I'm going to get fired. I'm just going to start going for it. And he did that for like six months and then stopped. But the Riverboat Ron thing caught on, and he and his wife were like selling T-shirts <laughs> to raise money for charity, and so everybody kept calling him that. But he really, he's like, he's like, it's not Riverboat Ron. It's really more like analytical Ron. And he did oh it for like, God. I know he he said that he did he did it for like six months, and he just completely gave up, and and really hasn't been that aggressive in a long time. So it's like he should have went for it then, right then. Yeah, technically, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. absolutely. It's it's all about winning, you know, as far as expected outcomes. So yeah. Uh so Deuce, the uh Bears have given up thirty-eight points to the Packers, twenty-seven Ooh. to the Buccaneers, forty-one to the Chiefs, and thirty-one Ooh. to the Denver Broncos. Can they stop the uh commanders from scoring? Oh my goodness. This is of the most consecutive games allowing twenty-five yeah. plus points in NFL history. Johnson and Jackson are out in the secondary. They struggle getting after the passer again. Only two sacks. In the entire year so far. So this bodes well for Sam Howell and the commanders. Like they've struggled protecting the quarterback. But again, nobody fears you except for maybe Ngakwe on that side. So you're not really worried about their defensive line creating havoc this game. I believe, I mean, the Eagles got after Sam Howell a little bit last week, but for most of that game, he was cool, calm, and collective in that pocket. Yeah. He knew exactly where to go with the football. I think Sam Howell has a ridiculous game this week. And I think also the Bears have had some misfits, even though they paid two highly paid linebackers. They've had some misfits as far as run defense as well, too. I mean, uh, Jalil uh, McLaughlin had a field day with them last week. We know Eric Bieniemy coming from Kansas City. They love the screen game with the running backs. That's where McLaughlin had a lot of success. I think Antonio Gibson's going to get some screens and he'll break a few versus this uh, Bears defense. Uh, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel both already announced that they will be active for this game. All right, so let's get out of here. You guys both think Brady? You already said you're going to lay the points for the Commanders. Lay I the would points. too. <laughs> so five and a half now. I think. I think it yeah. was four and a half if you were able to get it earlier. It is. Uh, yeah, it's. You would rather lay the four and a half than the five and a half. That's for sure. Um, let me just double. I'll double check for you. Looking at FanDuel right now. It is five and a half with a yeah, total of 44 <laughs> and a half. Ooh, What's that? Ooh. It's been low scoring games, though. Under. Yeah. yeah. Under. Low scoring, but also like, I don't know how much Chicago will score. And obviously, I think Washington will score. It's enough. in Washington, right? Yeah. It yeah. is in Washington. How how much? And that crowd's been pretty good so far this year. Like, I mean, with yeah. The, with the, I'm, I'm kind of hoping they bring back RFK, but that's just me. You know, no. they're a sneaky team for me in the NFC to make the playoffs. Oh, a sneak. I told everybody in the beginning of the year the Giants were going to regress. I mean, on one, their schedule was ridiculous. Really tough, yeah. Them and the Jets probably, I think, had the two hardest schedules coming out in the first six games. But then if you look at it, like they didn't, I mean, they added Darren Waller, right? But 
drafted higher. Yeah, you, you think health is a concern with him. They, I don't think they truly got a number one guy on the outside to really help Daniel Jones. And with Saquon Barkley being out, like it, I knew it was going to be a tough well, task. Plus the whole line yeah, issues. Yeah, I knew it was going to be tough for them. All right. I'm going to take the Bears with the points, but I don't feel good about it at all. Ooh, love really? It. You yeah. do it, Will. You do it. Fade I us, will. brother. I love it. Fade <laughs> us. I, 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 unlike your hair that hasn't seen a fade in God knows how long. <laughs> I don't do fade, fade us, man. I just, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't shave the side. Keep it all there. moppy, bro. Just like, if throw the head to the wind. Throw it in like the wind. Yeah, yeah do it like do this. It like that. <laughs> yeah, it is. You look, you look like right. an emo like, lead singer of a band right oh, now. Speaking of emo, did you see Jimmy Butler at Media Day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I might, I might try and do the Jimmy Butler like that. Like, just do like full volume. Oh, God. You got to yeah. get the piercing on that eyelid, you know? I can't do it. Can't Look, do a piercing, man. Brad. I don't do it. Do <laughs> All right. For Brady, for Dudes, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow for the Pick Show. As always, hit the uh, like button on YouTube. Subscribe. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. See ya. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.